Okay, Booker Tov, everybody. Um, we uh, today's daf is daf Gimel, and um, we are in the middle of the Gemara under explaining why the Mishnah has the uh, shaliach, the person bringing the get, saying the funny nechta, funny nechta. It was uh, signed and sealed, no, written and signed in front of me. Um, in the debate of Rabba and Rava, and as I told you, I'll tell you what I what I taught myself in eleventh grade Gemara. Rabba is lishma. Okay, so he's the one that rec- that the idea is focusing on that was written according to the halacha, which is emphasizing. I mean, we'll see him in the Gemara, but another way of thinking about it is he puts his bagage on Bifanai nechtav. It was written in front of me, and Rava is a dimitzuyim lekaimo is about that the get will be challenged. You won't know. Um, you won't be able to uh, verify the signatures. It's coming from a faraway place. You might as well get the shaliach to testify to the fact that it was written by the baal now by the husband now and therefore it will not be able to be challenged later and that emphasizes the Bifanai Nechtam um, so those are the two approaches the Gemara laid out a nice couple of conceptual nafkaminas, um, just to give two simple ones one would be from one Medina to a within, a, within one Medina in Chutzl Aretz so there there would not be a travel problem would not be a problem of finding witnesses but because it's Chutzl Aretz there is a problem of them knowing and, commi- and committing to the Halachas um, there is a problem of Lishma, so according to the Lishma approach, they would have to say it according to the uh, to the uh, signatures, verifying the signatures approach, they would not. And the other approach, is, and the other Nafkamina would be the reverse, would be Medina Limdina, Be'eret Yisrael, so there would be presumed to be a travel problem and getting witnesses, so according to that approach, you would have to say it, but it's all in Eretz Yisrael, there's no question about them knowing and doing the halacha. from the Lishma approach, you would not have to. Very nice, you know, focused debate, clear Nafkamina. Now, the Gemara is going to do two things. First thing is, which we started yesterday, is it's going to explore um, why is it that um, one witness suffices. You're having one witness either testify to the validity of the get, the funny nechtav, or to the validity, meaning the halachic validity, or to the fact that it was signed properly. That would pres- isn't that presumably something we need two witnesses for? Let's understand why we suffice with one witness. And the other pro- question is, how does that play out in the text and in the cases of the Mishnah, which does the Mishnah seem to support or not? Okay, so we started with the first question, and we said, why does one witness enough? If it's Lishma, don't you need two witnesses to verify that it was halachically correct? And the answer was, Eidechad Ne'aman Bi'isurin. We trust one witness to say that something was actually, it's kosher, like a kosher piece of meat. Um, and the Gemara, so here's also, it's a kosher get. So the Gemara says, one minute. That's only when you do not, it's not itchazik Isura, when you don't know you're starting with something forbidden, one witness can say that it's kosher, you don't know what this piece of meat is in front of you, but if here the woman is starting off as a married woman or we are, we are trying to change her status, of course it's interesting you would say the get, we don't know its status but okay, it's focusing on the woman so how do we believe one witness to change a known forbidden status of something um, again, very interesting also because are we looking at the woman from the lens of Isser Vahetar you know what is her is she her status one that is a married woman not a married woman and so on or I mentioned the other day Tosus's you know discussion about like defending the interests of the husband more type of an ownership issue here the Gemara is very much looking at a 
it from an Isser perspective. Um, so um, that was the question. That was the point. We know her forbidden status. You can't trust one witness. Um, Tosus points out that, uh, but we do trust one witness when we know something is forbidden. Like we trust that the butcher or our wives in the time of Tosos, speaking for the men, would assaulted the meat, removed the fat, you know, shafted the animal. So don't we believe? So yes, but that's when it was in their ability to do it or to get it done. Biado. Here, nobody can divorce this woman except the man, so nobody else is in their ability to get it done. So that's the Gemara's point. So therefore, we cannot believe one witness in this case. How is it we're believing the one witness? And anyway, besides that, is the idea that it's Dava Sheba Erva, a matter relating to somebody's personal status, and Arayot, forbidden sexual relations. We should always need two. And that is the cliffhanger that we left with. Okay? How can we believe one witness? We should need two. It's an established Isser. It's Dava Sheba Erva. So the Gemara says, um, we'll pick up four lines from the bottom of Bet Amud Bet. The Ain Dava three lines to the bottom how could you allow, allow, allow any less than two so the Gemara's answer is you know what majority of people even in Chutzaret know and do the halachas of Rishma so it's not a real suffix if we went by normal, normal halachas we would assume majority we could take it for granted it's done properly we know from other places in Shas, which we don't have to get into right now, that he is not willing to just say, eh, don't worry about the minority. If there's a minority problem, he needs it to be addressed. So he should say, you need some real testimony because there's a significant maybe minority that does not do this properly. No. Even if the laity, the Hamonam, you know, they, they don't know the halachas of Lishma, but who writes a get? You know who writes a get? The Sofrim. How many people were literate? How many people were the Sofrim? How many people did you go to to get a get written? Those people, the Sofrim of the Dayanim, of the court systems, right? So most of they, you know, they're, they're like overwhelmingly they know the Halacha. So the way Tosos puts it, it's a miuta de miuta. It's like a minority of a minority that even Rebbe Mayer is not concerned about. Okay? Actually, he has an interesting concept in Halacha. It's called a miut and a prevalent or a significant minority and an unprevalent or a, a trivial minority sometimes the differences will be given as like 5% under 5% or less is like a even like a, like an insignificant minority okay um, the nafkamina is in halacha that a, a significant minority is a problem it raises a question there might be a problem here you have to find a way to answer that problem oh well there's rogue there's chazaka there's this there's that and maybe if it's possible you have to actually investigate the matter and try to get more clarity okay a miyoshiloshriach actually here's a halachic concept is framed as um, as it doesn't even create a leda hasafik meaning it doesn't raise to the question of there's a problem here okay in one case there's a problem but there's ways of answering it can you go by majority can you do other things etc if it's such a trivial minority it's like we don't even acknowledge that there's a problem here okay it doesn't create you know it doesn't create something that needs to be addressed so what the Gemara is saying is from the normal perspective of, of how we would normally deal with like questions about the validity of the get we would say uh, you know uh, yeah there's some people that don't know but 
it's a trivial minority we don't have to concern ourselves with it we don't even have to explain you know we don't have to investigate further we can just assume it's all fine okay that would have been our normal halachic approach so we really shouldn't have needed the shaliach to do anything and that's why we can trust him to say it's good but of course the question is then why did we even need him to begin with which is going to be the next sentence of the Gemara so let's take a look so the Gemara says it's the rabbis who demanded that we address this small concern which normally we shouldn't have to the hacha and here Okay, um, because of the of aguna. You see, I, yesterday I read a Tosus that said it, but here we got to it by the second daf. Okay, very important that right at the beginning of Yitzchak we have this line because of concerns of a chained woman. The rabbis are lenient. What's the concern of a chained reason a woman? Where's a chained woman? Just don't require us to say to be concerned about the lishma issue. What's the concern you're trying to address? Or well, I'm sorry, I, I said it the wrong way. It starts with the fact that the rabbis are concerned. Okay, I'm sorry, right. Why the rabbis decided to be concerned isn't clear. Okay, but the starts with the fact that the rabbis raised a concern that was not really a necessary concern. Once they were raising the concern, then they figured, okay, we feel, let's bracket the human element for a moment and the fact that there's a, you know, a possible good or whatever. We feel that even though as a technical point, we can assume that the get was done correctly, we feel, look, bottom line, it's an issue of personal status, it's hugely consequential, you know, not only what she will be, you know, whether she's doing an Aveira or not doing an Aveira, but whether the kids will be Mamzerim, we want to be extra careful. We're going to demand to be have a certain greater level of certainty. We need something to ver- verify this. Okay? But, because it's only a rabbinic demand, we're not going to demand two witnesses. We're going to satisfy ourselves with one witness. Because if we were to demand two witnesses, what would be the consequence? Somebody would bring a get me Dinas Hayam. We say, we need to know for sure that it was done to see halacha. We need two witnesses. What's going to be the consequence of that we won't allow you to give the get until you verify that it was with two witnesses that it was done properly aren't gonna be, uh, we're not going to be able to get delivered no. right because every, who, who's because every, you're, you're going to have to get another person from Medina Thayyab right well and now will it ever even take place like you know and how are you going to get the person and maybe there won't even be two people that can testify to that so because of those real reality types of issues we decided we will satisfy ourselves with one witness okay because we do not want this woman to be unable to get a get okay so now the Gemara says so that's it we decided that we have the heightened level of concern that needs to be addressed but we're going to be willing to rely on one witness because of since the woman should not be chained so the Gemara says hi kulahu chumrahu you think that's a leniency? That's a stringency. You're just asking for trouble. Why are you just asking for trouble? The Masuch will stray if you would demand two from the beginning, okay? Lo Then if the husband were to come later and say, it wasn't written Mishma, I just found out, it's invalid, I, you know, I didn't know the halacha then, da 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 da, and he would raise all these concerns. He's not saying he didn't write it, that's Rav's concern, but he's telling us it wasn't done with the halacha. So, um, so that he wouldn't be able to say, Say that against two witnesses. Chad, but if there's only one witness, the Gemara says, Asi away. The Gemara thinks, the Gemara doesn't yet know what is the Bidi'evid, what, what would be the power of the witness. Right? All the Mishnah tells us is that we require the Shaliyah to say it to enable it to be given. So we put up a, uh, we put up a gate, you know, we're gatekeepers, and we're saying we're not going to let it to be given until we feel confident that it's a good get. It does not tell us how, sta- how, how weighty the testimony will be to stand up against 
it, it being contested. Okay? And the Gemara here thinks if it's only one witness, maybe if the husband would challenge it, it would, uh, it would, right, it would be undermined, maybe it would be besuffic, maybe it would be puzzle, who knows what, right? And we, so we should demand two witnesses so that it works even in the, even in, you know, even if it gets challenged later. So the Gemara says, no. Kevin the Marmar, since we teach later, in front of how many does this get delivered by the Shaliyah, have to be delivered? Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Yechanina. It's a debate of Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Yechanina. Charam Rabbi Yishnei Bet, the Charam Rabbi Yishnei Gimel. One says you need two witnesses, the other says it has to be done even in the presence of a Bastin. So if the Shaliyah knows that he's going to have to testify in the presence of other people, Meikara Midik Dayak, in the, from the very outset, he is very careful to make sure that he, what he's saying is accurate, right? Because he's going to have to be, uh, make an, uh, submit an official testimony. So he's careful that he's going to be accurate. It's not like when he gets there, we ask him, oh, do you remember how it was done? Like, no, no, he knows he's going to have to submit an official testimony. And he is not going to come to, you know, make himself be, look bad, incriminate himself. So the shaliach will be very careful. And therefore what? So therefore, as Rashi points out, if you look at Rashi, Mekara Medik Daik, the first narrow line, Hashaliach, Kashem Kablo Miyabav, Yodabo, Shabaratsun Megarsha, Milo Yarbo Vyavar O. Now Rashi adds an important thing. What is he Medayik in? Not the way I said it. What I actually said was he was Medayik to make sure that it was done Mishma, that it was done properly. But notice, by the way, even the way the Gemara framed the question, the Gemara didn't say that, one minute, if it's a Lishma issue, let's say somebody comes, let's say it's a Sofer comes and says it wasn't done Lishma. It doesn't say that. It says the husband, which raises the important question, when the husband is challenging the get, right, why is he challenging the get? Is it really invalid? Or is he having some regret right now? Okay, and then does he actually want to ruin this woman or take back the fact that he divorced her? Maybe he's just making trouble. So we have this, we, we're going to have this scenario of the husband challenging the get. And the question is going to be, you know, what is that really about? Right? So Rashi understands that if that's the concern, that the husband is going to challenge the Lushma of the get, that probably a lot of the time, maybe the majority of the time, just has to do with the fact that he was conflicted about divorcing her and he had second thoughts and he's coming back on it. So Rashi says, if the Shaliach knows that it might in the future be his word against the husband's word, he's going to make sure that the husband is really committed to this process. Mm-hmm. So the Medic Dayak, Rashi says, is not to make sure that it was done Lishma, which that's maybe taken for granted. The Medic Dayak is, you, the Gemara, are concerned that this will be challenged by the husband? Believe me, the Shaliach doesn't want in the future to have to have his claim go up against the husband's. So he's going to make sure that the husband is not having any misgivings. Assuming that, a challenge will often be based not on something real, but on the fact that the husband actually is changing his mind and has misgivings. Okay, now, wait a minute, I just want to finish. So that's point number one. 90% of the time, it's not going to be challenged. 99% of the time, the shaliach is going, it won't be challenged, we don't have to worry about it. But then Rashi adds another line. And Rashi says, so therefore we don't have to worry that we're going to ruin this woman's life, because it won't be challenged. The inami orer, but by the way, if it does happen, that it does get challenged for a legitimate or an illegitimate reason, in the end of the day, the husband would not be believed. Wow. Now here the doc means something else. Clearly the shaliach 
knew what he was talking about and when he said it was Lishma we're going to give his claim more weight than the husband's so the Gemara's answer is okay maybe we should require two witnesses but it's really only a trivial concern that really we don't even have to be concerned at all we have a heightened concern because it's an issue of personal status or whatever that we want to make sure the possibility the small possibility it's no good is being addressed and for, for us to be the gatekeepers and to let this get be delivered we'll, we'll be oh, we, since we created the gate we're going to allow the testimony of the shaliach how about the Gemara says that that could hurt the woman if the get gets challenged and you only have one person's testimony to say that it's valid and the Gemara's answer is believe me it's almost never going to get challenged because it's challenged mostly because of misgivings of the husband the fact that the shaliach knows he's testifying it won't get challenged and you know what if it, if it does get challenged we're going to wind up trusting the shaliach here more than the husband so in the end of the day it's not going to be a problem I think the question I just want to one other point in the end as Tosos points out this goes back to the line in the Mishnah the line in the Mishnah is it says in Eretz Yisrael it says in Yeshalav Orim Yitzkayim Bechosmav if it gets challenged you have to validate the signatures so the Mishnah almost states explicitly that in Chutz Laretz where we demand it or when it comes from Chutz Laretz that you say the Fani Nechtav if it gets challenged it will not the, the challenge won't stand in Israel where there's no testimony at the beginning you might have to validate it if it gets challenged right but, if it, but in Chutzlitz where there's a claim of the Fani Nechtam it's almost quite clear from the Mishnah that that protects it against future challenge and that's what the Gemara is saying right now okay you had a question though. so what are we assuming is the Shaliyah's interest here like why is he putting himself and schlepping all the way out of it? maybe the husband is paying him to go do this why, why do we assume that like that he cares if his word is challenged Really? You're going to testify in court and then you and then somebody else is going to... It's not real testimony. It's just this one... It's, it's kind of degraded testimony, although we're giving it them on and so on, but it's not... It doesn't seem to be official avis, which is usually with two people. And so right, but, uh, it's, it, but, but it's just like if, if, you're, if, if your word is going to be accepted in a formal setting to be the basis on which a get is delivered yeah. to a woman, you're, you're not going to want that to be publicly then challenged by the husband and said you're a liar and that never happened, right? Yeah. And the thing it's saying, you know, it's not, yeah, I mean, it's not saying halachically, or it's not saying you don't want, you know, the, the right, the public challenging of that statement. That's what I understand, yeah. All right, so two questions. One, um, the earlier Suki and Soto, we, uh, we saw Sukiot about uh, Eid Echad being really Psulei Le'edus instead of, you know, Right. Is that, is, it sounds different than that. Oh, well, this is, like, that, that was like... Can a woman be the Eid Echad here? Yes, we're going to say that in a few minutes. Okay, fine. Okay. The second yeah. thing is, there's something else I'm not getting about the whole year or issue here. Yeah. Don't we want potentially the husband to change his mind to save the marriage or that they don't? Uh, the no. Marriage? First of all, okay, that's in general an interesting question, right? About yeah. like how much do we think it's a good idea to yeah, try? Yeah. I mean, it depends on what stage the marriage is in and so on. But yeah, but but I'm putting all that aside because okay. that's like before okay. anything has been done. And yes, we want the husband to slow down. We want it to make sure that he knows what he's doing. He's certain, etc. But especially if it's the case of a cohen, but once the woman has been given the get we don't want it challenged 
Right? Uh, all of this has been put in her hand already. Well, the point is, I have a shaliach. I'm not going to go deliver this get. Yeah. Have it delivered to the woman. Just have you, the husband, a year later, change your mind. Gotcha. Okay, you want to change your mind? Change your mind now. Wow. Okay, but not after you've started giving the get. Okay. Okay? Yep. All right. So, all right, now, moving on. So that is how it works for Rabba. Okay? Now the Gemara has a similar question for Rabba, and this is going to sound very familiar. So the Gemara says like this. Um, now, for Rabba says that it's a problem because there are no witnesses. So again, let's require two. If you have to validate signatures, that's all. That's a principle process called Kium Staros. That's always done with two witnesses, either the signatories themselves um, or two witnesses that recognize the signatures. Since when do you allow one man, one person, excuse me, to validate the signatures? So the Gemara says, um, we buy tray. So the Gemara says, where were we? Uh, so the Gemara says, me, so me have a Kim like normally when you validate signatures, you need to. No, one witness is good for Issa purposes. Now, again, that's a very strange, now you could say the Gemara is just cop- you know, copying itself from before, which it is, but it's a strange answer because a star needs two. Saying, why don't we just say that by every single star? You know, uh, Charlie there sold me his field, I have two witnesses on it, oh, but we'll get one witness to validate because Eidachanem and Bisur. So the one is that's not Easter, that's Mumminus. So what the Gemara is saying is fascinating thing. It's saying this is a star that is about somebody's personal status. Okay? And therefore, maybe the testimony, even to testify to that it was assigned correctly, and these are the real Adim, right, that it's not, not, not non-forgery, is a type of an, of an Isser testimony. It's saying that it's a kosher document to divorce a woman. Okay? So it's really about something in laws of Isser of a heter, rather than in laws of Shtarot. It happens to be a star, Okay? But let's say, I don't know, let's say you wanted to decide, does this ring have a Shava Pruta for me to marry a woman. Would you need two witnesses or one? Now, of course, but again, that's not just that's not just the question. It's not just it's kosher like was it on Mishma. Is is it a forgery? Forgeries we know addressing the concern of forgeries we know always requires two. But the Gemara here is willing to consider the fact that when it occurs in the context of an of of of, 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 of an instrument that is being used to divorce a woman, it really is seen as yeah. like as a status issue, as an Isser issue, and even testifying about the question of is it a forgery or not really we could satisfy ourselves with one witness why can't so, we have one witness for Kedushin um, well no that's, well that's going to be Ein Dabashab Ereva Pachs Mishnayim no 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 we're going to get that no that's what the Gemara is going to say back about Ein Dabashab Ereva Pachs Mishnayim it's not the standard Isser it's a Raya's Isser okay okay we're getting there we're getting there okay but at this stage we're seeing it as a world of Isser Vahetar and we're ignoring its star identity yes but it's more than just a star identity it also has monetary um, right, right. It's like right, right. That's a good point. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. The Gemara might have gone that way to respond to it. So let's see what the Gemara does say. But again, that's really shocking. In the end, for me, what's playing in the background is that inter- debate of Ram- Ramban and Tosos that I said to you yesterday, right? Which is, mm-hmm. do we see this? So Dove makes the correct point that there's a mumminous element in terms of the Ksuva. But I think even in a more core question is like, you know, the fact that the Gemara in its opening sugya has this double refrain, which is number one, the Mishumi Guna Kilubarapanan, and number two, the idea of looking at this as like Isser Vahetra and not what Tosus put out yesterday. 
way, which is looking at this as the woman is like the husband's property and we have to protect the husband's interests. But no, fundamentally looking at this as an Isser Vahetzer question, I think that both, that's quite significant. And particularly here where it's reframing the idea of the star. So the Gemara's answer is, no, maybe we could solve it by Eidach and Nehman Bisurin. Okay? So the Gemara says, one minute. And when do we say that? A piece of meat we don't know is it forbidden or is it not forbidden? Is it fat, forbidden fat or non forbidden fat? We don't know its identity to begin with. That it's, uh, that it's, uh, sta- that it has not been established as something forbidden. In this case, the woman's status has already been, has already been established, identity has already been established, status as that of a married woman, as somebody forbidden to other men. And therefore, number one, that makes it Itchazek Yisur where you wouldn't believe in Eid Echad. And even if you might believe in Eid Echad, in normal Yisur, when something has an established uh, identity and status, but here, it is not just a normal Yisur. It's an Yisur relating to Arayot. And as uh, do, Rabbi Do said correctly, why do you think we need two witnesses for, for Kiddushin? Why do we need two witnesses for Gittin? When it's an issue of Arayot, that never is fewer than two. So even if you want to go the Issa route, you should need two. Besides which, we should probably go the Star route and need two because of that. Okay, so we're back to square one. How do you, how do you let one witness validate the signatures? So the Gemara says, You know what? When it comes to validating signatures, you really should not require two, two witnesses. In, the, in general, the general fact that we require two witnesses to validate a document is not really an, a, a, a right to requirement. To the, to the Reish Lakish, like Reish Lakish tells us, to honor Reish Lakish, because Reish Lakish says, if you have witnesses signed on a document, it's like their testimony has already been received in court. Okay, now, that, what that can, that, now, what that might mean, it might mean a couple of things. It doesn't necessarily mean that you don't need to validate the signatures. It might mean after you've validated the signatures, then you treat it as if the testimony that they're saying in the document, you know, has been received and it's not open for Drisha V'chakira. Like, once you know they're actually saying it. But how do you know they're saying it? But nevertheless, the Gemara, right, understands that that phrase, that it's like what they're saying, has been uh, vetted in court, means that you also can assume that, that, that they are saying what the document says they're saying. Okay, you, can, you do not, at a right the level, have to, uh, uh, have to worry that it's a forged document. Now that's a little bit bizarre, right? If I know two people wrote these words on the document, meaning, think about the Chiddush, okay? If I come to a court and I say, here's what happened. Reuben borrowed $100 from Shimon. The court doesn't say, great, Reuben paid Shimon $100. Right? The court goes through a process of Drisha V'chakira, wanting to check out and test my testimony. Okay? If I sign a document, Reuben borrowed $100 from Shimon, what is it, what's that stage of the process? That's like I showed up in court and said those words. So you're asking, that it's very nice that I signed this document, but how, we, but like, where do we get to uh, cross-examine you? Where do we get to investigate you? <coughs> so Rishaki says, okay, I'm, I, I don't know, the, the Chiddush of a star is, you don't get to cross-examine the witness. It's a great, great idea, right? Just put it all in the document. They won't get to cross-examine me. But that's, like, that's the first Chiddush of Rishaki. You write your testimony in a document, you sign it, it's like 
That has already been vetted and we accept that testimony. We don't have to cross-examine it. But what the Gemara does is it takes it one step further. And it says, not only do we not have to cross-examine it, but we assume that anything written with somebody's signature, we take it for granted that it's that person genuinely is the one who wrote it. And that is a big chiddish. Because what, you never heard of forgeries? Right? I mean, that's the big question. Who can't just write something in a document and forge two signatures? Right? Let's first make sure the person actually is saying what it seems like he's saying, and then we'll say it's Kamisha Nechara. But the Gemara actually says that according to Rish Lakish, somehow there's a chiddish that the, at a Doraita level that a star with two signatures on it is presumed to be kosher. It is presumed to be the, um, that, that the, the signatures are the signatures of the people who it says it is, and therefore it's presumed to be kosher. And anything that we need to make sure that genuinely are these people's signatures is going to be a Durabanan requirement. Now, you could say, look, to some degree, right, I mean, you know, I don't know, like, like to some degree our system works like that at some level, in a secular system, when, we, when a, a check is presented to a bank, right, they don't check the, every single signature of a check, right, I mean, do they? I don't know. No, right? actually, they, what, what do they do? Often they don't check signatures at all. Right. I mean, if it's a huge check, if it's $10,000, do they check a signature? Unless Solomon Dweck is uh, passing it. Right. So unless it's challenged, right? Yeah. So, you know, now that's a lot of money changing hands, right? So, unless, and unless it's challenged, right? And I don't know, if I came to a court and I presented a document that a contract that Charlie had signed, right? And we were in a court case, I mean, I guess it would depend. If you, probably if you weren't here to just be quiet or to challenge, they would demand that I probably validate the signature. I don't know, but I don't know. But anyway, I know that banks do not routinely check. Signatures. Right, but if you just think about that, so that's what Rachel is just saying. Things with signatures, we're going to presume to be okay. We're going to assume that people won't forge signatures because if it will get challenged, right, then it would then you know it always stands the possibility of being challenged, and therefore we're going to assume that people aren't going to forge signatures, and we're going to assume that things are good. So really, Ikar Hadin, we could accept a star without a vetted, without a validated signature. And the fact that we don't accept the star until it's validated, I mean, it's not like after, if it was challenged, we wouldn't need it to be validated, but we can accept it from the Mulchatchila without validating. And the fact that we're serving as gatekeepers and saying we won't even accept it at the outset without, a valid, without validation, that's a rabbinic requirement. And we're going to waive that requirement in this case by a get. But Reish Lakish's principle is being brought here to um, substantiate the claim that no, that you don't need to. That in principle, to. if it's signed on the document, it's like it's been received in court, which the Gemara is interpreting to mean that we don't, we don't even, we don't even suspect it. Uh, we assume that it's valid, even if there's one signature. No, no, no. Even two signatures unvetted. Okay, but the question here was whether or not you could suffice, suffice with one. So be, before we get to sufficing with one, we're saying that in principle you need zero. In principle, you do not need to vet signatures. The document has two signatures on it. Those don't need to be vetted by anybody in principle. Mm And on one hand, we're talking about aging, or like witnesses, and on the other, we're talking about signatures. So it's saying, do we need two witnesses to validate two, uh, two signatures? And I'm saying, no, we don't even need one witness to validate, validate two signatures. So do that right. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so the Gemara says like this. So, uh, okay, so the Gemara says, um, mm-hmm. 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 It's only the rabbis who demanded that we won't accept a star, any star, at the outset without validating signatures. 
Vahacha, Mishum Yiguna, Kilu Barabanan. And here, because of not to keep this woman unable to get married, she's got to get, we can't validate the signatures, we're going to prevent her from getting married. So therefore, we don't want to do that. So we're going to allow, so, so, so since anyway, the whole validation need for two witnesses to validate is a rabbinic demand, in this case, we'll allow one person to satisfy the need to validate. Okay, because of Aguna, because of Aguna, we're going to let one person satisfy that rabbinic need that the signatures be validated. Okay, what are you talking about? You think that's a leniency? It's just going to come to hurt her. If you demand two witnesses to validate, the husband won't come and challenge it and invalidate it. If one, he can challenge it and invalidate it. Assuming that he would be believed over the shaliach. Once he is actually challenging it, then we would need two. Okay, that's a reasonable concern. That once the husband challenges it, we would go back to our normal need of two witnesses to validate and since then she's been married she's got kids we're going to assume they're mamzerim you know who knows what we're going to assume okay so how can we go ahead and do this it's just setting her up for failure so he says no and Mar, since we teach in front of how many people does the shaliach deliver the get either two or three so mekar medik dayik and from the outset the shaliach is super careful and here super careful really does mean to make sure that the husband A is giving it and B it does not have second thoughts mm-hmm. right because if he's giving it and doesn't have second thoughts you don't really have to be concerned that he's going to say it's a forgery okay so believe me we are not concerned he's going to challenge it we know that the shaliyah does not want his word challenged he's going to make sure the husband was giving it it wasn't forged and the husband does not have second thoughts and is not going to show up on our doorstep and even if he does okay he doesn't want to get himself his own his own like you know status challenge or you know his own reputation challenge and impute and if it turns up that Osman does challenge it we're going to believe the shaliach. Okay? So bottom line, the answer is that the need to testify that it's lishma or the need to validate signatures in general, the need to validate signatures is only rabbinic. In this case, we're going to believe one witness and that's going to allow us to be confident it won't be challenged and to say that even if it will be challenged, we're going to trust the shaliach over a challenge. And we're going to therefore say the get is protected against challenge now that we have this testimony. Okay, yes? Other than fraud, what would be the reason a a, a shaliach would say, didn't you send me? Um, He would. as simple as that? Yeah, but again, then it would sort of be... um, you mean the husband would say that the signatures are forged, right? No, I'm, I'm saying, other than if the, if the shaliyah is fraudulent, if he has some scheme. No, we're not concerned that the shaliyah has a scheme. Okay, so if he doesn't, then, I mean, what's the concern of the shaliyah? In other words, can't The concern is that we would trust... Court, can he just turn to the husband yeah. and say, didn't you send me... Fine, and the husband says, no, you're making it up. It's a he said, he said type of thing, <laughs> right? So that's the point. And then we would have to invalidate the getter. Maybe we that's would. I'm saying that's fraud. I mean, other than this Shalia came with this document. If this husband didn't send them... The husband is fraud. claiming that fraud. Right. Right. Fraud. That, right. Meaning the husband is claiming that. Yeah. I never sent you, whatever. Or maybe the husband is claiming, you know what, I sent you, and the, but then I realized that, who knows, that the people who signed it weren't who they said they were, or who knows what it was. Like, uh, you know, he can make up some story, right? And so in the end of the day, we're going to have to believe the Shaliyah over any claim the husband is going to make. It's, yeah. it's an astounding thing to believe that Shaliyah, right? Because right. either he's no Gael of the bar because he's got money for it or something like that, or so, you know, Shaliyah Adam Kamoto, yeah. and he's, we believe him over the original 
Right. I mean, I'm not sure that Shaliyah Kamotah... Right, but bottom line is, that's the point of the Gemara. Yeah, like yeah. the husband is the, is the Baldover, meaning right. he's the uh, principal, right. and the therefore principal. he's the one who you would give the most weight to what he's and saying, we and we don't. And that's yeah. the Kiddush of what we're yeah. doing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Are the Aedim testifying to the, the Shema aspect of the Shtar? The Aedim, you mean the Shaliyah? No, the Aiden that we're talking about requiring. No, no, no. Aiden for Kim Staros, the normal need of Aiden for Kim Staros, that's by any type of a document. You have these two signatures that says, Charlie sold me his house, okay? Before you, the basin, lets me go ahead and, and, and sit in his house or take his Jaguar away. You're, well, that won't work with the star, but anyway, but I like his Jaguar. But anyway, you're going to say, <laughs> go ahead and, like, what we would call, um, what's that called um, when you do the uh, thing? Of, um, what? Notarized. notarized. Like, get notarized signatures. Get somebody to testify that those are genuinely the signatures, and then we'll let you go forward with your documents. No, that's what I'm saying. The validity of the signatures. It's not a unique get thing. There's a concept of Kim Shars. That's why I gave the example of the house, which is just to know it's not forged. These are the real signatures. Nothing about Lishma. That's Rava. Rava is focusing on the forged problem, that they are the genuine signatures. Rava is concerned about the special Hilchos Gitzin problem. Okay? So now the Gemara says like this. Um... So, Verova, now we're going to get, so now we've laid out why we're prepared to believe one and why it protects the get. Now we're going to get out to where they're coming from that they have these different opinions. Okay, what, Verova, my time, Karaba. Why didn't Rava say like Rava, who says it's about Lishma? Amalukha, Rava would say to you, Because if it was about Lishma, then that should be part of what the Shaliyah has testified, say it explicitly. Okay? So if you're not, you're not saying it explicitly, it's just about the fact that it was signed and, 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 and by the husband. It's not about any of the details. It was about the details. Say explicitly, it was done correctly. Say those words. So the Gemara says, what would Rabbah say back? Really, it should say this, the Mishnah. But what we really don't just mean is the Mishnah should say it. We mean, really, we would have had the Shaliach say it. Ella, the Mavshis Lady Dibura, if you give the Shaliach too long of a statement to say, Asi, Limigzaye, he'll cut it short. So instead of saying, he'll we'll say, say the funny Nechtav Lishma, funny Nechtam Lishma. You don't just say the funny Nechtav, funny Nechtam. Actually, you, gotta, you admit it. Like, you say, what's one extra word? But, like, it just rolls off the tongue better. Funny Nechtam, funny Nechtam. You know, there's the funny Nechtam Lishma, funny Nechtam Lishma. So anyway, so he'll cut it short, he'll cut out the Lishma. And then, some, it's worse, right? It's worse to have it in the statement and not say it than to never have it in the statement. Because if you have it in the statement and you didn't say it, then we say, wait, why didn't you say the Lishma? Oh, I meant Lishma. Oh, one minute. You didn't say the Lishma. What's going on here? So, so that's just, you know, so, and Rashi says, it might be a technical point, at least according to Rebbe Meir, like, we might just have a general rule that if you don't go by the protocol, like, it's significant consequences, you know, in general. Like, everything has to be exactly according to protocol. But it certainly raises questions, why'd you drop that word? So better not to have the word there at all and to have it implicit <laughs> than to have it and to drop it. One minute, so the Gemara just says, Hashtanami Yossi Limik So okay, instead of saying, Bifani uh, Nechta, he'll cut it off, he'll also be like, I don't know, Bifani Nechtav. Instead of Bifani Nechtam, he'll just say Bifani, Bifani. I mean, although that's not even a sentence. So that's what the Gemara pretty answers. Chadami plus guys, no. A person will cut out one word out of three. Okay, Chadami Tarki Logai. He's not going to turn out one word out of two. Then what's he going to say? Nechtov? 
Nachtam, it's not a statement. Like so. All of the Dara was like Who knows? Anyway, so Rabbi says, look, in principle, it should be a more explicit statement. But you know what? Sometimes the less said, the better. Okay, just have to make a basic statement. We'll read everything else implicit rather than just make a long, explicit statement and then be concerned when it's not said fully or properly. Okay. Yes, Jenna. It's just hard. I mean, he's traveled from a different city. To city. <laughs> they, can't, they can't have like a thing that like makes sure. Right here. Is, repeat after me. Right. I'm totally with you. I mean, if you would see now how getting are done, it's all like totally scripted, right? Okay, you know. But so I, I don't know what to answer. The point is, it's a, <laughs> the point is, it's a good question. Okay. Like, yeah, that's the question we all ask. How could this be about it being done? Let's see, halacha. The statement is too bare to be communicating that idea. Okay. So it's a good challenge. Right? This is that, 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 just, uh, that leads the to ask questions. To right, Raji earlier said that right that you might want to see this not as an implicit statement but as an opening, and then we'll investigate further. Right, which might make it a little bit better, so that it's not so bad that you're not going to say it if we're going to come up with follow-up questions. We just need you to open the conversation. So that could be. You're right. According to that read of Rashi, it would be better. Okay, yeah. That, 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 that the witnesses actually said it the way we say it in, in the shir. Yeah. And they, they'd be Pronouncing the word. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, I know. That goes back to my yeshiva education. Yeah, it's a good point. All right. I just thought the way I said, like, why did I hear a word you just said? Okay, anyway, so, um, okay, so, so that's one problem. That the statement is a little bit too bare to, 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 to support Rabba's idea. The Rabba might time alone Rava. So why didn't Rabba say, like, Rava? Because that's really about it was signed. You're like, Okay, I saw it being signed. I'm testifying that it's valid signatures. So the Mars has the obvious point. If it's all about the signatures, just talk about the signatures. Okay? So Vesulo, Bifani Nechtav Lamali. Why are you saying Bifani Nechtav? So it's not just about the signatures. It's about how it was written and we need the Lishma. Now you could turn that around and say, so why not just say Bifani Nechtav? Why do you also have to say Bifani Nechtam? It's just about the Lishma. So we're gonna see in a minute that it might be that not only has to be written Lishma, but it might be also has to be signed Lishma. Okay? So what Rabbi is saying is Rabbi is saying is Look, the Bafani Nechtov indicates it's not just about validating signatures. It's about something else. Now, the, the most elegant answer, which actually the Gemara is going to come up with later, is like, they're both concerns. Bafani Nechtov is the Lushma concern, and Bafani Nechtov is the validating of the signatures concern. Okay, but anyway, that's why neither position works totally perfectly. Okay, so the Gemara says like this. Um, so, Bifani Nechtav Lamli. So, according to you, Rava, why are you saying Bifani Nechtav? Nechtav. Lishma. It must be about something other than the signatures. It's about Lishma. So, Rava, Rava would say back, You know what? It should have said that. Or, we should have made that the script. In principle, Bifani Nechtav. Okay, Ella, but if that's all he said was about the signatures, Here's the problem. If the age shows up and says, This was signed in front of me, okay, people are going to look and say, what was he doing? He was validating the signatures. So I, hey, you won't believe what I just saw. I wasn't based in the other day, and I saw one witness validate a signature. He came and he delivered a get, and he said it was signed before me, and the court was okay with that. So then everybody's going to think that signatures can be validated with one witness. Now, your point would be, who cares? They'll come to base and base and will tell them otherwise. But you don't want people to start, I don't know, having bad practices and not making sure that there are two witnesses out there to validate their signatures and so on. So they 
therefore we want to make it clear and you don't also want people to question based in how come when I was there they demanded I get two signatures so and so was in court he only needed one I mean you know he only needed one witness to validate the you want people to understand that this is different so therefore when the shaliyah delivers it he says it was written and signed so people are wondering oh it's a different type of a thing going on here it's not just validating the signatures because he was also talking about the process of how it was written okay so people will see this they'll wonder why one witness is enough to validate and that's why we have to have him not just talk about the signing to make it clear that this is some different type of a thing going on here okay um, so that's why we say the Rabbah Rabbah would say me dummy people are it's not going to be confused with other validation you do not, would not need that in principle why hasam yadinon hachabifanai Normally, when signatures are validated, the witnesses say, we recognize these signatures, Yadina, we know that whose signatures these are. Here, the Shaliach says, it's not, it's not enough for him to say, I recognize the signature. He has to say explicitly, it was signed in front of me. So people will already understand that this is not normal Kim Shtaros. Number one. Number two, by normal validating the signatures, you need normal well, you know, uh, the normally the normal witnesses you need men here women can be a shaliach and say so again you might not have been in court that day but you'll see when somehow when you hear the people who are doing the Bafani text are, are sometimes men and sometimes women and so on you'll understand that this is not normal Kim Shtaros number two number three by you can normally cannot have that the person who is the beneficiary of the document validating the signatures. You know, no does, they would say. But here, guess what? The wife can validate, can be the shaliach. Now, of course, the funny, and, and therefore, the wife herself could say, Now, of course, the funny thing is, how is she being a shaliach? She has the get, so she's yeah. already divorced. So the Gemara constructs a bizarre case, which is basically going to say, doesn't this to the wife, I am making you a shaliach to deliver the get to yourself. <laughs> when you get to such and such a place. So you have to get to the place and act as whatever. Anyway, we'll worry about it when we get to it. But well, the point is, is that Rabbah says you do not you would not need the funny Nikhtav to send the message that this is not standard Kimushtarot. Okay? It's and clearly enough. The text is different. It's not I know that I recognize, but it was done in front of me. The people who can do it are different. So therefore, I'm sorry, Rava, that doesn't explain why you needed the funny Nikhtav. It's clear enough that this is something different. So the hatam is starot in mamona. Right. Every time it says hatam. Exactly. So Rava Amar Lucha, Rava would say back atu. Well, I don't understand. Here, the case, the way Tosa says it, look, the case about a woman delivering it or the, or, or the wife delivering it, that's uncommon. Okay, or it's not common enough to that people will know the, diff- will know the reality. The real challenge you made is the difference of the text. That you're saying Bifanai, and that makes it clear that this is not Kim Shtaros. But, Rab- but Rabba says back, but who says that if the Shaliach says, I, I, I recognize, we wouldn't accept it. We do have a standard text of Bifanai. But if he said Yadina, Milo Mehemni, wouldn't we accept him? I'll read this like Rashi. And if the, since if the Shliach would say, I recognize it, we would believe him, so I'm still concerned. A Shliach will come, and if all we demanded was that he say, one day he would, rather than saying, he would say, I, know, I recognize the signatures. And that would be okay with us too. And then people would say, wait. 
That was Kim Shtaros Beit Echad. So therefore, I'm always going to demand that he say Bifani Nechtav. Whether he says Bifani Nechtav or he says, I know the signatures, you always have to say Bifani Nechtav. And if you're going to say Bifani Nechtav, it'll be clear what you're doing is something different and we'll understand why one witness works. People will get confused and therefore we are going to demand that you always say Bifani Nechtav. I will just say parenthetically that Tosus says that actually that's not true. We do not allow the shaliach to say, I know the signatures, the shaliach has to say, Bifani Nechtav, what that, what, what, Nechtam, what Rabba, what, what, what Rabba is saying is that if two people delivered the get, they could say, we know the signatures. So, that would still lead people to think that a delivery of a get is like a normal Kiyum Shtaris. Anyway, whatever the case is, Rabba's basic answer is, you know why? You're right. In principle, it's all about the funny nechtam, but I've got a signal that this is not normal Kim Shtaros. Since we're violating the normal rules of Kim Shtaros, I need the funny nechtam to signal that this is something different. Okay, yeah. What if one witness came uh, for a regular star? No, we... Doesn't do anything. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So the Gemara says, Ula Rabbadam or Levi Shein Lishma by Chasim Lishma. So now the Gemara says, if it's Lishma, we have to get back now to the two phrases, right? Ultimately, if each one has to explain what do you do with the other phrase. Rava, if it's about Kiyum Shtaros, what do you do with the Nichtav? So yeah, that's just a signal that it's different. Okay, good. Rabba, that it's about Lishma, we know that the Ksiva has to be Lishma. But if you also have to say Nichtam, it sounds like you're saying that the Khatima has to be Lishma. Who holds? You meet both the signing and the Khatima Lishma. And here the Gemara introduces a central issue in all of Masechus Kittin which is what is it that essentially makes the thing into a get is it it's writing or is it the, it's the act of it being signed? Because, you know, until it's writing, you could say it's just a piece of paper. If, a get, if the idea of the get is a star, it doesn't even get its identity as a star until it's signed. Like, for example, you know in the Ksuva, a lot of Ksuvas are written, the Ranina Mine, right? You know, it says like this, the Ranina Mine, we, we did a Kenyan, but then you do the Kenyan, you know, you do the handkerchief and the Ksuva, and then you put in the Kos, so it says the Kanina. And the reason given is, you don't want it to be saying something something false so therefore until you do the king you, do, you, you don't make it actually say that word Bukanina. but that's really completely unnecessary because it's not saying anything until it's signed until it's signed it's just words on a paper it's not testifying to anything so write the Ghanina but you're not going to sign it until the Kenyan is done so, so uh, exactly the whole bidding game also didn't happen until so then right you say Kanina before they sign right signing to what it actually exactly exactly so a star becomes a star by virtue of it being signed. So therefore, there's an opinion that the whole halachas of get focus on the signing of the get, not on the writing of the get. So the Gemara says, okay. So I can understand that there are some people that require the chasimah to be lishma. Okay? And I can understand that some disagree and say, no, it fundamentally becomes a get in its writing. That the chasimah be lishma. But if you're saying nechtav and nechtam, then you're saying both the chasimah and the chasimah have to be lishma. Who is it that says that? Okay, man, I tell you that by Ksiva lishma, by Chasima lishma. E Rebbe Mayer, if it's Rebbe Mayer, Chasima by Ksiva Lobai, he focuses on the signing, not on the writing. Nan, we taught him Mishnah. Ain't close to Machuber Lakarka. You can't write on something attached to the ground. We mentioned this yesterday. You can't have something that occurs between the writing and the delivery, or something you can't have it be have to have be cut down in order to enable the delivery. So, 
so you don't write on something attached to the ground. But if you did write it on something attached to the ground, and then you uprooted it, um, or cut it down, and then you signed it and delivered it, so kasher, that would be kasher. Okay? Because it's really the signing that makes it a get, and nothing occurred between the signing and the delivery, so you're okay. You don't want to accidentally forget, sign it before you cut it down, so you don't write it. But the real point is the signing and the delivery. The signing is the ikar. Okay? And that's presumed to be Rebbe Meir because it's a Stam Mishnah. So that's an opinion that it's all about the Chasima. And E. Rebbe Eliezer, now Rebbe Eliezer is the opposite opinion. It's about the Chasima. The brilliant thing, you know, what the Gemara has done in the opening sugya, I just want to say that, you know, sometimes oh, there's a lot of Gemara that the opening sugya is really like a trivial point. No. But it uses, I know, but it uses is it to get to some core issues that are relevant to the Gemara. Like, you know, in the opening of Baba Kama, it's like, uh, are the Avos Nezikin? Wait, are the Toldos like the Avos or not like the Avos? And it uses that as an excuse, you know, or whatever, to explore the idea of all of the Arba Avos Nezikin to give like a little intro, intro sheer. Here, you're doing a real machlokas about what is this opening Mishnah about? Why do you say B'fani Nechtam, B'fani Nechtam? A real debate of Rab and Rava. But in the context of that, think about how many core issues the Gemara's already raised, right? About it has the status of a star, you know, of the idea of Kim Starot, and that this, you know, how this plays as a, this is not just a get and a Davr, so Isser, it's also a star. And here, what makes it a get? The Ksiva or the Chasima. So all these core issues are being introduced, like Mamish right at the beginning. So, Rebbe Meir, it's the Chasima, and if it's Rebbe Eliezer, Ksiva by Chasima Lobai. It's about the writing, it's not about the signing. Okay, now, how do we know that? We'll see in a minute. Okay, but we'll, we'll, but we'll get to it. But, but anyway, but the Gemara says until now we know that it's like one or the other. Who acquires both? So the Gemara says. Maybe he only doesn't require it biblically, but maybe rabbinically he does. And now we're going to see where we know what Rabbi Eliezer's position is. There are three invalid gets. Dirabanan, uh, that are rabbinically invalid, um, the low by Rebelezer Chasim Lishma, and he does not require it to be signed even at a rabbinic level. So that's a way of introducing the, here's what we know what Rebelezer's position is. We will show you Rebelezer's position, and we will show you that he does not even rabbinically require the Chatima to be Lishma. Dipzan, we taught in the Mishnah. Gimel Gitten Psulin, the Nisus of Vladkasher. There are three invalid gets. That Bidyevit, if the woman got married, the child would not be a mamzer. So if the child is not a mamzer Bidyevit, it means that the get is really yeah. valid. Yeah. Okay, so if it's possible, it means it's possible Durabanan. Now I do want to say again, Rambam, the same way he had that brilliant introduction to, like he needs my house to all of Hilchos Kitten, um, he also introduces a, a systematic language to use, okay, in terms of what uh, about the status of a get. And the Rambam says, Batel, he's going to use Batel to mean an invalid get writer, and puzzle to mean puzzle de Rabbanan. So Gemara is not as systematic about that, okay? But it is largely that, but not as systematic as Rambam, not as consistent as Rambam. Anyway, so there are three Gitin that are rabbinically invalid, but biblically kosher. Now, what are these three Gitin? So, you, it's handwritten, but no witnesses. So your own handwriting is sort of like witnesses, right? Because it's like you're, it's clear that you are saying it yourself. You don't need an external person to validate that, that this is, you know, that you have said it. It's hodas baldin. You yourself are testifying. So if the husband's handwriting without witnesses, 
That's number one, rabbinically invalid. Yeshel of Edim, or there are witnesses, the Ein Bozman, but it doesn't have the right, it doesn't have, it's not dated. Okay, and we'll see why dating is important. Or, Yesh Bozman, it is dated, the Ein Boela Eid Echad. And it's, so it's, it's dated, it's, it, and it's not the husband's handwriting, but it has one signature. So one signature, not two signatures, that's rabbinically invalid. Okay, we'll see, that's a little bizarre. You would think like one signature is nothing. Okay, so we'll worry about that. Anyway, those are three cases of Gitin that are Pasul Durabana. Now what's relevant for us is What's interesting for us is Rabbi Eliezer's last line of this Mishnah. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, even if there are no witnesses, not even one, okay, as long as it's delivered in the presence of witnesses, even if no witnesses sign the document, it's kosher, and she can even collect from encumbered property, okay, in terms of collecting her ksuva, it might mean something else, I don't want to get into that line, but I'll just read the next line, um, the only reason they sign the get is for, like, smooth running of society. What does it mean? It means, and we'll pick up with this tomorrow, but it means that Rabbi Eliezer is saying, see how we did the holdout? Anyway, it means that Rabbi Eliezer is saying that as a physical document, the get does not need signatures. Do you need witnesses? <coughs> yes. The witnesses have to be present at the delivery of the get. But as a physical document, it does not need signatures. Okay, that's an idea that the Gemara is going to refer to as Ede Misira Karti. The witnesses of the delivery of the get are correct, like Kritut, make it a valid document. As opposed to Rebbe Meir's position, this is like core debates with the entire Mesechat. Rebbe Meir's position is Ede Chatima, Chasima Karsi. It's the signing witnesses that make it valid. Rebbe Eliezer says it's the delivery witnesses that make it valid. So he says if it has no witnesses, but was delivered in front of witnesses, kosher. As a physical document, it does not need witnesses. Why do witnesses sign it? Because you'll see a piece of paper with no witnesses and you'll say to the woman, oh, go get me the two people that stood when it was being delivered 20 years ago and she'll say, what the hell are you talking about? I don't even know what their names are. Okay, but actually, if it's got their signatures on it, then we can go by those signatures and we'll explore that. But fundamentally, it doesn't need signatures. So the Gemara is saying, if he doesn't need signatures, even rabbinically, right, he says, that this isn't even a rabbinic problem because we were talking about rabbinic problems and he's okay with this. So if, even if rabbinically it doesn't need signatures, the Gemara is going to assume that if they do happen to sign it, there's no requirements of lishma. So we're back to square one. Rabbi Meir doesn't require that it be written according to any particular halachas or whatever, or it seems like he doesn't, you know, his emphasis on signing. So for him, signing lishma but not writing lishma. And Rabbi Eliezer holds that signatures are unnecessary even rabbinically so the writing has to be lishma but presumably even if you signed it I'm not going to ask lishma they're really unnecessary okay so we're going to have to figure out is there a position that focuses on the, both the writing and the signing and we'll pick up with that tomorrow is he, is he 